0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now here's Mary Stirk.
1: Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is: Do natural disasters affect the markets? So um, our hearts go out to all the victims of Hurricane Harvey and all the people who have um, lost possessions, lost financially, lost lives, been injured. And um, I think that the people in the Midwest here have a special level of sympathy for them because we've been through significant flooding ourselves. Right. So with me today, I have Amy McFarlane. Morning, Amy. Good morning, Mary. And what I wanted to talk about was how natural disasters affect the markets, but also how they affect us as humans mm-hmm. and how they impact us financially. And I think this is a very timely topic with yes. everything that's happening right now down south. Yes. So any of our listeners out there as far away as Texas, our hearts go out to you and, and we hope that you can recover soon and, and, and um, draw together as a community and um, help recover from this. Yes. But let's talk a little bit about the history of, <coughs> excuse me. The history of some natural disasters and how they've affected people. Okay. Because the the one thing that's for sure <laughs> in <laughs> all this uncertainty is that natural disasters continue to happen. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is not something that changes.
0: And they are Uh, The costs are extraordinary.
1: They are. And the costs are crazy because they just continue to spiral out of control. So um, I want to talk about some of the natural disasters and what the impact has been on the market. And then I want to share a little bit about my own personal experience with some natural disasters and about how that's impacted, you know, me personally Mm -hmm. and then communities at a more local level. So, all right, let's talk about... um, the natural disaster that happened, the Indian Ocean earthquake. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That it's... was December twenty sixth of two thousand and four. Wow. Amy, do you remember reading about that when that happened?
0: Um, I do, especially uh it, it hit home with my children because their dad lived in Thailand at the time. Oh wow. So, so he was a lot closer yeah. to the epicenter yes, of all of that. He was and he mm-hmm. lives on a he lived on a coastal area. Um So Phuket, so major hit that community. Absolutely.
1: So the earthquake and and really it was the resulting tsunamis from that ended Mm -hmm. up killing over 230,000 people in 14 countries. And the um, most amazing part of all of that is amidst that tragedy and amidst that loss of life and property, Mm -hmm. there was no immediate effect on stocks. Really? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And there was a low that year that came 20 days later when the S&P had corrected down about 3.8%. But the reality is that um, within a short time thereafter, it rallied and was actually up over 30%. Oh, my gosh. So the stock market had an initial complete lack of reaction (laughs) to that. When you're talking about a massive part of the world affected in a huge way. Right. And then it went on to recover. (sighs) So I thought that was really kind of interesting. Wow. Another earthquake was in Haiti. And I think a lot of listeners can remember that. That happened January 12th of 2010. Okay. Now, that earthquake... I remember seeing so much news coverage and so much rubble and destruction and things like that. Yes. And that earthquake, that natural disaster killed over three hundred and sixteen thousand people.
0: Wow, I didn't realize it had more fatalities than the Indian Ocean. The tsunami. Yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly. And the again, there was no immediate effect on the stocks. (laughs) shockingly, our markets simply just don't seem to respond that much to those kind of natural disasters. disasters. Mm -hmm. So 18 days later, the S&P was down 6.6%. So we're seeing a little bit of a trend, like there's no immediate reaction. Mm -hmm. And then within 10, 20, 30 days, there's a little bit of a drop. And then that seems to rally. Wow. So I just think that's very interesting. So you Mm -hmm. listeners out there that are wondering how this Hurricane Harvey natural disaster might affect your portfolios, Mm -hmm. I think that's something to just look historically at. Obviously, there's no prediction of what's going to happen going forward. Right. But historically, we can see some of the trends that follow natural disasters. Wow. So, all right. The big one, I think, though, that hits home for people that we have... Even more emotional tie to because yes. it happened right here on our own That's, soil. Yes, Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, yeah. There's still talk about that. I yes, mean, you still hear about it. Well, and it's and a, maybe only in our country. Well, you, <laughs> you know, know, I don't know because I think that it's been. They say it's the most costliest natural disaster in the history of the United States, and the property damage caused by Hurricane Katrina exceeded eighty billion dollars <laughs> with a B. That's a big number. <laughs> Wow, one billion dollars yeah. is a lot of money. Yeah, but <laughs> 80, eighty billion is in a, just a huge wow. number. And what they're saying with initial estimates from Hurricane Harvey is that that's going to rival that because oh. there's actually more water in Houston than there was oh, in million. New Orleans with Hurricane Katrina. Wow. Yeah. So now, here's what happened with the markets after Katrina. The S&P had an eight-day uptrend wow. <laughs> following the hurricane <laughs> with a 3% rally. All right, And 38 trading days later, the S&P was down 2.4%. So in terms of stock market performance, this most costly natural disaster in the history of the United States was really nothing more than kind of a blip on the stock market charts, and you wouldn't even be able to go back and look historically at it and say, oh, here's the effect on a chart. It was so minimal. Were you surprised by that as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I think it's interesting that the natural disasters of the world um, seem to have minimal effect on the actual stock markets themselves. I wonder if it has to do even with just that...
0: People understand they can't control what Mother Nature gives us. And so you don't maybe react as, um, I don't know, knee-jerk-y.
1: That's probably right. And let me just tell you, I have a very healthy respect for Mother Nature. (laughs) And I think some of that comes from being a pilot.
0: Oh, sure.
1: So when I got my pilot's license back in 2001... And started flying around and recognizing the power of wind or the power of storms. I decided right then and there that Mother Nature was in charge. (laughs) (laughs) She could win every time. I'm not up for doing battle.
0: (laughs) You're just a little paper airplane in the big picture. That's what
1: it feels like when you're out there in a storm, let me tell you. Oh,
0: I can only imagine.
1: <laughs> so I have, a, I have a very healthy respect for the power <laughs> of weather and the power of Mother Nature. I don't want to mess with her no. <laughs> <laughs> on land or in the air. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but mm. I can say that for sure um, one of the things that you know happens as a result of natural disasters is investor emotion.
0: Sure. Right. Okay.
1: And so that's one of the things I want to key in today on is the emotion surrounding natural disasters and what that tends to do to us as humans okay. and then what financial decisions tend to stem from that. All right? Okay. So, let's talk about September 11th. Okay. For a moment. Now, September 11th was not a natural disaster. Right. That was a terrorist disaster. But September 11th is one of the most defining moments in United States history, Absolutely. I would say. And following that terror attack, the U.S. markets closed, and they remained oh, closed right. for the rest of the week. Oh. Now, once they reopened, the S&P lost 11.6% in the next four trading days. Oh, really? Now, the panic was kind of short-lived, and they recovered... The markets recovered to pre nine eleven levels within a month. Wow! Um, people think about two thousand and uh, one when that happened. They think, oh, we had this massive loss due to two thousand, you know, eleven or September eleventh, you know, issues. But what they forget is that leading up to it, the markets were already down 16% for the year.
0: Oh, they were. Yeah, uh. so
1: before that happened, the markets were down. And then we dropped another 11% in the panic selling that happened after okay. the markets reopened after that terror attack. And so now you're talking big numbers of okay. Sure. So when you really look at what happened there, again, even though it wasn't a natural disaster, it was a man-made created disaster, we did have a short drop, but then- that particular part of the drop did recover soon thereafter it did yeah so the there there's lots of examples out there that we can point to of natural disasters and how you know they impact things um, but the reality of it is that most of the trends when it's an actual natural disaster versus a terrorist type of created sure. natural or disaster, is something that either has a minimal or short-term impact on the market. Okay. So wow. investors listening out there, again, this is not a promise of any type, that that's what's going to happen this time. But there is significant data that points to the fact that mm-hmm. natural disasters don't have incredibly large long-term effect on the stock markets themselves, Wow. which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it really is, Mary. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, And today we're talking about how natural disasters can affect the market. And we highlighted um, in the first half of the show that if we look back at a number of different natural disasters, like the Indian Ocean earthquake and the resulting tsunamis, the Haiti earthquake, Hurricane Katrina, there's minimal market impact in the short term following those. And generally speaking, recovery following soon thereafter. Mm -hmm. But... That might be how natural disasters affect the stock market, but how they affect (laughs) us as human beings and our own personal pocketbook is a completely different story. (laughs) Oh, isn't
0: that the truth?
1: Yeah, I I really think it is. And I think a lot of our listeners can uh, remember vividly (laughs) their experiences in 2011 when our area had a flood. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I have a special place in my heart for the victims of hurricanes that have this massive flood damage. Yes. So one of the key differences, though, was that our flood didn't come and go quickly. Mm -hmm. Our Mm -hmm. flood came and stayed for like four months. (laughs) That (laughs) was a long time. Yeah, to be evacuated from your home. Yeah. Yeah. So let me share a little bit about my story when we had the flood here is I... Um, live out in Dakota Dunes and my office is in Dakota Dunes. And that was one of the areas that was massively affected Mm -hmm. um, and evacuated Mm -hmm. during that crisis. And so within a matter of days, I had moved out of my house and out of my office. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: So it was obviously a very unsettling time. Um, And I think a lot of people can relate to this. First, I hired some college kids to move everything from my basement up to the top floor in my house, <laughs> only to find out the next day that that probably wasn't going to be good enough, and now it was time to move everything you owned out of your house cuz you didn't know if your house was going to still be standing. Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah, it was like a war zone.
1: It was. It yeah. was bizarre. It was um it it had elements of that especially when the military arrived yeah. and there's, you know, the helicopters, helicopters <laughs> flying around and you see people in fatigues all over the place and you know they're there to help you but it still felt very yes. traumatizing. Yeah. It yeah, it definitely out of your comfort zone. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think I remember, you know, if you lived in the dunes, you probably remember that you had to get a badge to be able to go in and out of the dunes after a certain point. So they could, you know, kind of check you in and check you out and always know who was in the Mm. potential flood zone there. And so I remember walking out of my house and looking down the street and realizing there was a moving semi in front of almost every house on the block, which is an amazing Kind of crazy sight. So you moved out in a hurry within hours. And one of the the most beautiful things about this was the way that the community drew together. Yes. So natural disasters have a way of dividing, but they also have a way of creating collaboration Mm -hmm. and uniting people.
0: Well, on the first half of the show, when you were talking about 9-11, one of my memories from that as far as uniting was driving down Jackson Street. And I think every single home had their flag out.
1: Yeah. What a beautiful sight. It was really cool. It was really cool. During the flood, there was kind of roving bands of people from Sioux City that would just like walk around and walk into your house and be like, hey, I'm here. Can I help you move out? (laughs) Yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. That is what it was crazy. And you're like, dude, I don't even know know who you are. Come on and pack my valuables. (laughs) So, and thank you. <laughs> yeah, it created a, a weird level of trust and community, mm-hmm. and people volunteered from miles around. That is to come so help. funny. Yeah.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: anyway, not only did I have to move out of my house, but I also moved out of my office. And and oh. my office wasn't slated to necessarily be underwater, but because we have so much confidential data there, oh. and because if it would have flooded the roads to the office likely would have been covered. Mm -hmm. Then I felt that it was the most prudent decision to just move out and protect client data and things like that. So um, that was an interesting experience too because we had to find a place to relocate to within a matter of hours that was secure. So relocating is one thing. Relocating where there's good security is a completely different thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to was it with long lines? Oh,
1: long lines, I, yes. I will I will give them props to my dying day catalyst solutions. <laughs> there was a number of people that bent over backwards to help us and uh, Triview Communications to make sure that we could get moved and then be up and running because you know, one of the things that as, as much of as stress as we were under, mm-hmm. we have a lot of clients in the area oh. that were also under stress saying, wait a minute, you know, I might need money. And oh. if they can't get a hold of the people that has their investments, that would cause additional panic. Right. Right. So we really wanted to make sure that we were there for our clients. But...
0: And another thing you always stress is good communication. Yes.
1: <laughs> we're up or running. You can reach us. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, but the thing was that all of this took money, right? And right. so to have people help you move, to rent the moving trucks, which were darn near non-existent uh. at the time, to relocate somewhere. Um, and I went to a hotel for the first few days because when you first moved out, they said, oh, this might last for a week. I'm like, oh, no problem. I'll just stay in a hotel for a week. Well, then it then it was, well, this might last for a month and then it's, was this is probably going to be three or four months before you can get back into your property, if it's still standing. <laughs> right. If you have a property at the end of this. <laughs> and the thing about it was then that you had to find a more long-term solution. Mm-hmm. So what I don't think people always understand is that even if you have good risk protection in place, mm-hmm. like flood insurance, which most people didn't have, um even if you had that, it doesn't cover some of these other things.
0: I remember hearing about this yep. that it only covered certain things and correct, um, and it maxed out. Yep, obviously,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the end of the day, to make a very long story short, to make a four month story short, <laughs> <laughs> um, we ended up moving into a double wide trailer <laughs> did you really <laughs> for 4 months and oh. i'm going to tell you it was the most awesome experience oh really my son was still living at home with me and so we you know went from a big house to a tiny double wide trailer and we were all over each other all the time in sure. terms of, you know, being in the same space. Oh, right. And because it was that situation in the middle of a disaster, number one, we it, our relationship just incredibly blossomed, oh, which was awesome. Yeah. And number two, I completely disconnected from valuing my stuff as much because yep. all my stuff was in storage. Yep. And I realized, well, I could easily live without all my stuff for four months. I'll bet that and was... I don't care about my stuff yes. as much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Right. It's just stuff. It's just stuff. Yeah. However, that stuff has a value. Mm -hmm. And the people who lose their stuff, that's a lot of value to have lost as well.
0: Oh, I can't imagine.
1: So during this time, um, the... And you had the choice to put it in storage. You know what I mean? I did, like, like and I found Like people in a natural storage. disaster, yeah. it's
0: gone, gone. Yeah, you don't you know? have that preparation yes. time. Sometimes no. it's just
1: gone. Yeah. But the thing about it is that, that the flood experience that we had here, I am not kidding when I say this, is that I had out-of-pocket costs between my home issues and moving the office in and out and things like that. I literally had out-of-pocket costs connected to the flood upwards of $70,000. Oh my gosh, Mary. We had to rebuild the basement in my home mm -hmm. because that did flood. We had all of the living expenses of Mm -hmm. being dislodged for Mm -hmm. four months. We had the moving out of the office, moving into the office, all the vendors to pay to help with that. We built a a berm around the office of dirt just in case to protect the building because it was a newer building. And all of these expenses were not expenses that were covered in any way by FEMA or flood insurance or anything like that. I think at the end of the day, I got like a $1,200 check from FEMA. <laughs> Thanks. So thank you, <laughs> FEMA, which I appreciate that. And they're yeah. there for a reason. And, and let's yeah. hope they're there to help out you know, the victims of Hurricane Harvey right now. But um, the thing about it was that $70,000 worth of costs can cripple somebody if you don't have appropriate financial reserves. So the advice that I have to give to listeners out there, now that we've been talking about (laughs) (laughs) my experience with the flood for a while, which I know a lot of people can relate to, but the advice there is that this is why, having an emergency fund is so, so very important. Yes. Now, never in a million years would I have ever estimated that I would want to have access to $70,000 in an emergency fund to be able to cover a natural disaster. Oh, yeah. But that has completely reshaped my viewpoint of the size that an emergency fund might need to be and how important that is. And it also, the second piece of advice with this is, Natural disasters can be mollified a little bit by having good insurance. Okay. So having your homeowners insured against a fire, you know, having your, you know, tornado, hail damage, um, flood damage, things like that. Having your insurance programs reviewed by your insurance agent. Make sure that you have the best possible coverage. Because if you don't have that emergency fund of $70,000, then by golly, you sure hope your insurance company is going to stand by and help you out. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. to all of the hurricane victims out there, our hearts go out to you. We wish you well in your recovery. And um, we hope that the rest of you listeners understand that the natural disasters might have a minimal impact on your portfolio from the stock market, but it can have a massive impact on your personal pocketbook yes so build that emergency fund make sure you've got liquid access to it and uh, don't let the natural disaster break your bank (laughs) thanks for listening to money guide with mary Stirk.